Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast from Vital Point Church. My name is Ron. I'm the pastor here at Vital Point. We believe that it's important for people to explore and grow in their faith. And my hope, my prayer is that this message that you're listening to will draw you closer to better understanding how you can live out your faith journey in the everyday life. Sit back and enjoy. Hey everyone, my name is Ron and I'm the pastor here at Vital Point Church. And before we jump into our message today, I want to bring you up to date on something that I talked about a few weeks ago, the Vision Builders Gala March 3rd, which is on the screen in front of you right now. On March 3rd, we're going to be gathering as a community to talk about the vision of Vital Point Church as it connects to the three new locations in the future as we move towards 2027. See, our hope is that you will be part of this gathering, that you'll go and buy a ticket right now on the website for you and yourself, and you will be part of this event, and you'll learn what does it mean to be a vision builder. See, what we're going to ask people to do is to consider giving towards a goal of the launching of these sites to help financially fuel the vision that God has been giving to us. Now, I want you to understand that this is all about equal sacrifice, not equal giving. So as you think about your life and as you think about your scenario, we understand that this is uh, very much a faith process. And you might only be there to be curious, to hear more, to hear what the goal is, but we hope that you will consider being part of the Vision Builders Gala March 3rd because we believe that God is doing a unique thing through Vital Point Church as we consider small towns and planting new Vital Point sites. So sign up for March 3rd, uh, 2023 at the gala. It's going to be an incredible evening. It's going to be dressy up. It's going to be food. It's going to be inspiring. And we believe that God is going to do great things. And I don't want you to miss it. So space is limited. So make sure you go and get a ticket as soon as possible, March 3rd of this year. All right. I want to jump in and kind of wrap up the series that we've been in. On January 1st, I launched uh, the theme of this year for Vital Point Church, and it's this, Boldly Dependent. Week number one, we unpacked what that was, what that looks like, as it's connected to an Old Testament personality by the name of David. David, in, uh, in 1 Samuel 30, it says that he drew up his strength from the Lord his God. We talked about this idea of soaking in God's presence. We talked about being uh, how he secured himself in God's power. And we even looked about how he sought God's path for his life. And we unpacked that. I want to encourage you, if you've never, if you didn't watch that talk, go back and watch it. Week number two, we talked about a bold vision. God has been refitting the vision for Vital Point Church, and it's this to be a multi-site church that reaches thousands of people who are exploring and growing in their knowledge of Jesus and commitment to His church. We realize that God is opening up doors for Vital Point Church to move into small towns, to start new locations, to reach more people. And what we believe God has been doing is He's been blessing our obedience over the past few years as we've started three locations, as we've seen God do some incredible things with the three locations that we already have. Now, you need to know that there is so much excitement around this idea of three more locations, giving us six in total by 2020, 
seven. And I, I just want to nuance this a little bit because the excitement is crazy. People are messaging me. They're giving me town locations. There's been unofficial invites. People are journaling what the towns might be and they're not letting me know because, and you know who you are. You got to let me know who the, what those towns are. But I want you to know, we are trusting that this is God leading us this way. We've got some affirmations and we've got some things that we've been talking about and praying about, but we know at the end of the day, God can redirect and so we are just believing that it's going to be three new locations by 2027 in the next five years. So that's the bold vision. Now, last week, oh man, we unpacked a bold value that is absolutely essential to this church. And here's the value. Creating room for people at all stages of understanding life and faith. We looked at the life of Jesus and how Jesus invited this dude named Matthew, the tax collector, to be an insider in Jesus' small community of disciples. He saw Matthew as a tax collector, and we talked about how he was a thief and a traitor, but yet Jesus saw beyond the booth in which Matthew was in. But then Matthew does something most incredible. He goes and gets his tax Uh, collector buddies, and he has a party, and he invites his friends over because he wants to introduce Jesus to his friends. And so we did this two plus one thing. And so we talked about praying for two people in your life that have not yet encountered Jesus and the one surprise. And so that was a challenge, and I love seeing how people are stepping up and messaging me on these things. Now, let me say this. If you are new to Vital Point Church, maybe the last couple weeks or maybe today you're new and you're kind of just checking it out, you're kicking the tires, I I want you to know, Vital Point Church, you ready for this? This is going to be a shocker, is not perfect. We haven't got it all figured out. But here's what is clear. We know what our mission is, to reach people and help them become fully devoted followers of Jesus. We know what our vision is, And we know what our strong value is. And we hold tightly to these things and we believe those things very strongly. And maybe you're kicking tires and you're like, man, I think I could be part of this. That's amazing. Others of you maybe are like, man, 2023, I thought I'd check out church. I saw some signs. I saw some advertisements. I thought, you know, I got an invite. I'm going to give this a go. Awesome. This is the best place for you to start because we've been giving clarity on what it means to be part of Vital Point Church, no matter what stage you're at in the journey of faith. So today, we're wrapping it up. What are we going to talk about? Bold faith. We're going to talk about uh, bold faith. And uh, I want to unpack this for us from an interesting perspective that might be a bit of a surprise. So let me give you my idea of bold faith. It's this. It's going to be on the screen. Bold faith is prioritizing your relationship with Jesus while courageously releasing control of your life to God. Let me say it again. Prioritizing your relationship with Jesus while courageously releasing control of your life to God. See, bold faith is saying, God, I am not going to allow uh, myself to believe that I am in control of my own life, that I want to release that control to you, that the best design for my life is to give over the control to you so that my life will reflect your love and your glory. But it is also learning what does it mean to have your life formed in that relationship with Jesus. Like, we are all about Jesus. I, I, got, I can't 
explain that any clearer to you. We as a church are all about Jesus. Matter of fact, the next series is called Practicing the Way of Jesus. And we're actually going to learn how do we become an apprentice of Jesus through different practices. And we're going to talk about that. But see, when bold faith enters our lives and we begin to realize that there is such power that is available to us, but it's prioritizing Jesus and giving up control to God. Now, I want to take us to this most epic passage in the Old Testament called Haggai. I know, you didn't see that coming. But here's what I want to do is, I want to unpack this for you to help you understand the tension between building a life around your own priorities and what the consequences of that look like versus making God first in your life and enjoying the blessing of God in your life, okay? So that's where we're headed with bold faith. All right, my guess is that not many of us have read Haggai recently. The pages in your Bible may be still t- stuck there, and uh, it's not in any search history in your, uh, in your Google searching. So let me give you a background. God's people had been, in, had been exiled in Babylon, and, and they spent many years in exile. And what has happened here is that God's people, and because of a change of power, have been released from exile to return to their land, which God had promised to them, and they were to go back and they were to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. A neighboring passage to this or section of the Old Testament is Ezra. You can put Haggai and Ezra side by side. And you can see the parallels and the connection between the two because in Ezra, they are released to go build, rebuild the temple. In Nehemiah, they're rebuilding the walls, but that's for a different time. And what you begin to realize is that these people have a mission and it is to rebuild the temple. Now, what happens is this. This is unbelievable. The people of God, no surprise probably, they get distracted by their own lives and they neglect to do what God asked them to do. So in their neglecting and in their distraction, God sends Haggai as a prophet to bring correction and clarity to their lives. Now what's a prophet do? In the Old Testament, a prophet would have a special anointing of the Holy Spirit for a specific word to give to his people, and it was for often correction. It was often for clarity, because oftentimes they did get distracted. Sound familiar? Yeah, it's part of the human condition. We get distracted, right? Well, God's people they demonstrated that. So a prophet would come and a prophet would say, hey, listen, you're not living the way God wants you to live. So today, what happens for us today is it comes from the Bible. The vast majority of the of our understanding and correction comes from the Bible for our lives. Now, let me read it for you. This is so great. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So that's why we sit under the teaching of the Bible. It's why we weekly expose that we're exposed to the Bible, where the Bible begins to correct us, bring reproof, guide us into all righteousness, to bring completion. I love this because 
when we gather or when you're reading scripture, what happens is, is that the Spirit of God uses it to transform us into the image of Jesus. Now, we would believe here at Vital Point Church that God still uses a form of a prophetic voice to speak into areas of our lives using the scriptures. So some mornings, for example, when I'm teaching, someone will say to me after the service, Ron, you tapped into your prophetic voice today because you were speaking truth into the gap between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth, and you're speaking truth in there. That's how the prophetic voice works. So Haggai, he goes to speak to Zerubbabel, the governor, and to Joshua, the high priest. Look what is said here in Haggai 1, verses 3 through 6. This is where I want to start. It says, Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Okay? Comes down, speaks to the people. It is time for yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins. Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvest little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourself, but you, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes. Okay, what is happening here? We understand that the people of God said, it's not the time to rebuild the house of God. And it's resource-based. Because it's going to take resources. So they put it off. But Haggai, by the word of the Lord, says, but wait, you are actually rebuilding your own homes, the paneled homes. Now, what is the house of the Lord? It's the temple. It is the structure that was uh, provided by David, but brought to a reality through his son Solomon. And the house of the Lord is where the glory of God would reside, okay? So the temple is the place that bridges the gap between God and his people on this earth. Now, there was rituals and sacrifices that were important because the reality is nothing unclean can be in the presence of a holy, just God. Matter of fact, if anything is unclean in the presence of God, it would die. Side note, I want you to hear this. This might be a bit of a shocker. God does not accept you the way you are. If that was true, there would be no need for Jesus. Because Jesus is the perfect sacrifice for us that makes us clean before God, makes us right before God. Yes, God loves us the way we are. Yes, God loves us enough to die for us and to transform us into his image. But we must understand the reality of the holiness of God found in the temple is that nothing unclean could be in in the presence of God. Now the remnant, they thought, we don't care about that. We want to build and rebuild our paneled houses. The temple, it's going to take too many resources, but I want to build myself, build my own house. What are they doing? Get a look of this. They are living from a place of selfishness and more consumed with building their own kingdoms. But here's the thing. Who can blame them? They've been exiled. They haven't been home. Now they're home and they're excited. They can't wait to rebuild their own lives. But what happens is they do it at the neglect 
of what God had planned for them. They had failed to seek God first and foremost in the process of coming home. When I see this moment, a few things pop into my head. First is, I think we just need to say it. It's not a bad thing or a wrong thing to live thinking about our lives. You know, our plans, our dreams, our retirement, all that kind of stuff. It's not a bad thing. But what struck me is this. We cannot make our lives about our kingdom. Like if you're a follower of Jesus, you are not the main thing. Like in my life, I am not the main thing. I am not the only thing. Because the reality of the things that I would build in and of myself have really no eternal value when it comes to material things and building my kingdom and my resources and my wealth and my this and that. It's not really having any eternal sense of going with me. The prioritizing, here it is, the prioritizing of God as represented in the house of the Lord are the things that have eternal value and benefit. Okay? Jesus talks about this. I know Jesus is involved in this. Jesus talked about this. Look at this in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 and 21. Do not lay up yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Jesus' famous line, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus makes it so clear. Your treasure will reveal your heart. It's not about following your heart. It's about following your treasure. And if we are consumed with the things of this world, our heart will turn away from the things of God towards the things of our own kingdom. Haggai uses the paneled houses as an example of what they were distracted by. They were building their own kingdoms. They were concerned and consumed with themselves. Here's another observation. Ready? In our hyper-individualistic Western culture, right, that was a tongue, that was a mouthful, we find it easier to create a life that is controllable, convenient, and comfortable. This might be hard for us to hear. Culture is discipling us in the direction by singing us a lullaby that tells us that we only go after the things that make us happy because it is the ultimate goal in our lives. Matter of fact, it even goes a step farther to say that the highest priority in your life is to fulfill the desires that you have in your life. We talked about this in a last series last fall, that our desires are dysfunctional and disordered because of sin. But our world would tell us that your desires are yours. They are true. You just need to follow them. You need to make yourself happy. So it becomes a self-perpetuating, consumed life, right? We only live once, right? Like, we only live once. So grab as much as you can. Haggai says, sure, you can do that. But look what happens. Verse 6, you eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns, earns wages does so, uh, does so to, put, uh, to put them in a bag with holes. What's he saying? 
Haggai's giving them a reality check. Your paneled houses, your paneled lives, is like everything is slipping through your fingers. You work hard. It feels like you're never getting ahead. It feels like you're never fulfilled. The money you earn, it feels like it's just putting a bag with holes in it and it's gone. It's hollow. It's empty. Let me illustrate it this way. Because I think what is happening here for us is we, I believe what's going on here is very, very important. And I'm going to illustrate this in, in uh, with some churchy words that I hope are okay for you. And I'm going to talk about bold faith and I'm going to talk about money. Because that's what he's doing here in verse 6. He's given a reality check about honoring God first and and being fulfilled and not honoring God and not being fulfilled, okay? So I'm going to do it with a fancy church word called tithing. I know you're like, great, you just rolled your eyes. You're like, oh, great, here we go. We're going to talk about money. Let me illustrate this way. So I have in my hand $100 worth of Monopoly money. I know, it's kind of awesome. $100 of Monopoly money. A tithe would be saying to God, God, I'm going to give you the tenth. I'm going to give you the first ten. God, it's yours. But here's what often happens to us, right? You get your increase. You get your paycheck. You get whatever. And it comes in. You go, oh, you know what? I, I got to pay for my 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 mortgage. I, I got to pay for my gas for my car. I, I, I got I to gotta have those pillows at winners. Like, dude, you just can't pass those pillows up, right? Or you got to get those shoes from DSW. You've had a long day. So you come home and you say, and you know what? We need sushi tonight because we deserve sushi. And then the kids come to you and say they got a fundraiser at school and, and it's going to be a fair amount of money. So you, you put it down and then you then you you realize, you know what? I, I just feel like I got to go out and go to a hockey game. or I got So you pay for that. Oh, I got my internet and I've got my grande uh whatever it is at starbucks and then and then you're down to this and you're like oh man i I just only have a little bit left so i better put that in savings so what happens is this is that the hundred percent of what you have and not honoring god is like put it in a bag with a holes it's like it's gone what happens is this when we prioritize god with the tenth with the ten first ten is this that the rest is supernaturally infused with the blessing of God, which brings wholeness and fulfillment and lacking nothing. I know it sounds strange. You're like, are you serious? And yeah, we don't use Monopoly money, but you get my point. It is true. It's amazing. Jesus even says this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And before that, he's actually talking about worry and anxiety. See, bold faith says, I am going to trust in God and be obedient to Him. I'm not going to be prioritizing the paneled house. See, bold faith is not a reckless faith. Bold faith is a courageous faith. This is God, I'm going to follow through on who you are because I'm going not on my feelings, I'm going on the promise of who you said you are and who you claim to be. And the promises you've given to me. Haggai, he, he, he goes to the people and he, he, he brings it home. Like he's just dropping the mic left, right, and center. Verse 7. Thus says the Lord of hosts. I almost feel like thus says the Lord of hosts. Consider your ways. This is the second time he's actually said it. Consider your ways. What's he saying? Look at your lives. Test your life the way you're living. 
see where it's leading. He even tells them that God is not pleased. So much so, in their efforts to rebuild their own lives, God blows it away. He creates an upheaval in their lives. And it's not out of anger, it's out of love. Because he desires them to come back to rebuild the house so they may experience the blessing. The byproduct of the bold faith is not God, not, will, not only will God fill the temple with his glory, but I realize something strategic about this moment is that as they rebuild the temple, the blessing is actually spilling out on those around. This caught me off guard. Their disobedience had a direct impact economically, agriculturally, sociologically, everything. Look what it says in verses 10 and 11. Therefore, the heavens above you have withheld the dew, and the earth was without its produce. And I have called for a drought on the land and the hills, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, on what the ground brings forth, on man and beast, and on all their labor." It wasn't just the people of God experiencing this. It was a reality of what was brought to them, what was brought around them. See, when we grow in bold faith, when that muscle is exercised, where I prioritize my life with Jesus, when I give up control to God in our lives, what happens is this, is that not only is the church impacted, but the world around is impacted by the blessings of God. When we prioritize Him, it brings strength to the community. It brings boldness and hope of the kingdom of heaven. It brings the kingdom of heaven near. It impacts and influences science and arts and and relationships and community. It has a direct impact because of our bold faith in the context of community. Okay, so last week I was driving home from Essex out near Windsor. I'm helping a church out there discern what their future is. And just outside of London on the 401, uh, I was heading east. There's a big mass of online betting advertisement. It is gigantic. Anyone else tired of the online betting advertisements? Hello, put your hand in the air. Go ahead, just do it. Just do it, put your hand in the air. Yep, good. I'm getting tired of it. But here's the thing. The sign said this. It was naming the platform, and then it said, bringing Las Vegas to Ontario. My first thought was roll my eyes. The second was in a nanosecond. It was like, oh my goodness, that's the role the church plays in society. That's the role we play as a church, that we must consider our part in bold faith and how it has a direct impact in the places in which we gather, in the places in which we scatter, in the places in which we live our lives. See, the Apostle Paul says this in the New Testament, that the temple is no longer restricted to a location of a building. It's actually a people called the church. Where God dwells within us, we are now called the people of God, the living God, the building of God, the field of God. We are His people. Here's how I want to close our time together. I would, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and I want to ask you to just kind of remove any distractions, whatever you need to do. And I'm going to use three words that Haggai used. Consider your ways. Examine. Examine the path you're on. Consider the control in your life. Are you clenching so tightly to your life that you got like arm pump you, can't, you just can't release it 
bold faith is not in ourselves. It's not a feeling. It's actually trusting in the promise of who God is. The remnant in Haggai, you know what they did? They obeyed Haggai's words. And in verse 13, it says, God says, I am with you, declares the Lord. Bold faith is the courage to live in the reality of the truth of God saying, I am with you. This is for us as a church. Boldly dependent. Bold vision, bold values, bold faith. The remnant of Haggai, they began to rebuild and God poured his blessing out. This might be new for you. You might be like, whoa, Ron, I feel like I'm drinking from a fire hose. I want you to know this, that there is a place for you here. That yes, right now at the beginning of 2023, it's intense. We're hitting it hard and we're going to transition into next week into practicing the ways of Jesus. But I want you to know that no matter where you find yourself, you can be part of this as you develop the muscle of faith and the courage that it will take to live in a bold faith. See, the breakthrough you are longing for will happen when you're willing to relinquish the control of your life to God. Haggai said, consider your ways.